Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Deuteronomy chapter 29. And if I were to give this one a title, it would be Excuses and No Excuses. It's very interesting what is about to happen in this context. And what really strikes me about this one is the very end of this chapter when Moses just drops a bomb on us. I mean, he just literally just drops a bomb and then moves on. And it's it's both powerful it's challenging, but it's also amazingly comforting at the same time. We're going to jump into that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you are like, sharing, and subscribing to the YouTube video. Also on our podcast, make sure you are giving us a five-star review. It really does help. And even more so if you leave a comment for people who are searching to kind of know what they're going to find when they start to listen, right? And then I would love for you to go to our Bible Breakdown discussion. It is really starting to pick up momentum as we are engaging with God's Word together. And I know for some of you, you say that you don't do the Facebook thing. We are working on an alternate idea for you. But for now, I'd love for you to comment on our YouTube videos. It's a way for us to engage that way. Because I'm going to tell you, the more we dig, the more we find. And what's amazing too is I might be digging over here And if you might be digging over there, and if we are both digging, we're both going to find things. And it's amazing when we're able to talk to one another about what we find. So make sure you're engaging with us on that, and especially when it comes to a chapter like this. And remind, just kind of a reminder to all of us, the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy means second law. And so what is happening is, is Moses is about to die. He's going to kick that bucket. He's going to be in the dead. He can't go in the promised land. However, he is giving them the covenant, you know, the Ten Commandments, the covenant of God's blessing. And then on top of that, he is building the case of, man, if you will just trust and obey, God's going to do amazing things in your life. And so he is just challenging them in this series of sermons about what to do when they take the promised land. And what he's going to do today is he is starting another sermon. And so he is going to begin by reviewing the covenant, just once again reminding them about where God has brought them to, which is already a lesson by itself. It's so very important that we stop along the way and just constantly remember the wonders of the Lord. Because sometimes we get so busy with the next prayer request that we have that we can forget about what God has already been doing. I know I'm guilty of this. That's one of the reasons why I love to journal so much is I am try to make sure that I write down every time God does something because I know, because I know myself, that at some point I'm going to be praying about something and I'm going to start to get a little impatient that God hasn't done it yet. <laughs> you know, and So it's important for me to go back and just rehearse again and again the wonderful things that God has done. And that's what Moses is going to do, is he's going to rehearse this, and then he is going to say something at the end. And I don't want to spoil it for you. But man, when I read this, it brought me amazing comfort, but it also kind of kicked me in the tail a little bit too. So um, I want you to experience conviction like I did. (laughs) And so let us jump into this together. If you have your NLT Bible open with us, Deuteronomy chapter 29, excuses and no excuses. Here we go. Verse 1 says this. These are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with all the Israelites while they were in the land of Moab, in addition to the covenant he had made with them at Mount Sinai. So, once again, he is saying, 
I'm about to tell you about that covenant Mount Sinai, and all of this goes with it as well. Here he goes, verse 2. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, You have seen with your own eyes everything the Lord did in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and his whole country. All the great tests of strength, the miraculous signs, and the amazing wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given your minds that understand, has not given you you minds to understand, nor your eyes to see, nor ears to hear. For 40 years, I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and your sandals did not wear out. You ate no bread and drank no wine or any other alcoholic drink, but he provided for you so that you would know that he is the Lord, your God. When you, when we came here, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan came out to fight against us. But we defeated him. Now pause. Now, first of all, he's saying God has been doing amazing things. And I just I, I kind of tripped over the words there a little bit, but he was saying, God has been doing amazing things, and you still don't get it. You still don't get how amazing it is that all of these things happen. And so he just said, First of all, it's amazing that we were liberated out of Egyptian bondage. We had no business doing that, but God did it. Then we've had no business being in the wilderness for 40 years and all we've had is manna and water but we made it and now he says we had no business man we we were a generation of of slaves that had been free we had no business beating these kingdoms but we'd have tore them up so he's saying i don't think you get what god has been doing and then he says in verse 8 we took their land and gave it to the tribes of reuben and gath and to the half tribe of manasseh as their grand land not, not only do we kick their behinds but we went ahead and divided up their land. Verse 9. Therefore, since God's been doing all this, obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper in everything you do. All of you, tribal leaders, elders, officers, and all the men of Israel, they are standing today in the presence of the Lord your God. You little ones and your wives are with you, as well as the foreigners living among you who chop your wood and carry your water. You are standing here today to enter into the covenant of the Lord your God. The Lord is making this covenant, including the curses. By entering into this covenant today, he will establish you as his people and confirm that he is your God, just as he promised you as he swore to our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So once again, he is saying, you're going to enter into this covenant, which means all of God's promises are true, the good ones and the bad ones. So make sure you realize God is a just God, but he is for you and not against you. So here we go. Verse 14. But you are not the only ones with whom I am making this covenant with his curses. I am making this covenant both with you who stand here today in the presence of the Lord your God and also with all the future generations who are not standing here today. You remember how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we traveled through the lands of enemy nations as we left. You have seen their detestable practices and their idols made of wood, stone, silver, and gold. I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe, will turn away from the Lord your God to worship these gods uh, or worship these gods of other nations, and so that no root among you bears bitter or poisonous fruit. Those who hear my warnings of this curse should not congratulate themselves, thinking, I am safe. Therefore, I am following the desires of my own stubborn heart. This would lead to utter ruin. I love how Moses is like, hey, man, don't be stubborn, all right, because it's going to ruin you. The Lord will never pardon such people. 
Instead, his anger and jealousy will burn against them. All the curses written in this book will come down on them, and the Lord will erase their names from under heaven. The Lord will separate them from all the tribes of Israel and pour out on them all the curses of the covenant recorded in the book of instruction. Then the generations to come, both your own descendants and the foreigners who come from distant lands, will see the devastation of the land and the diseases the Lord inflicts on it. They will exclaim, The whole land is devastated by sulfur and salt. It is a wasteland with nothing planted and nothing growing, not even a blade of grass. It is like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Admah, Zehon, and the Lord destroyed these with his intense anger. And all the surrounding nations will ask, Why has the Lord done this to this land? Why is he so angry? And Moses is telling him, This is going to be why. This happened because the people of the land abandoned the covenant that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Instead, they turned away to serve and worship gods they had not known before, gods that were not from the Lord. That is why the Lord's anger was, had burned against their land, bringing down on it every curse recorded in the book. In great anger and fury, the Lord uprooted his people from the land and banished them to the, another land where they still live today. And so here it is. Here's the final thing. God had said, hey, I want to do these great things in your life. And today I'm establishing the covenant. And the covenant is all the promises are true, the good ones and the bad ones. And I love this. He says this, the Lord your God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. I want to just kind of sit with that for just a moment before we end. God said right here, there are secrets known only to God. And that's true. It's amazing how much we do know, and it's amazing how much we don't know. Did you know, for instance, that with all the modern technology and all medical research, we still are not exactly certain how the digestive system works. <laughs> like they're, they're finding more and more different hormones and things in your digestive system, in your stomach that help you not only digest your food, but different things. They're, they're finding more all the time. Like there's a lot that we know, but there's a whole lot of mysteries. Do you know we really don't know exactly how God created everything? We have it written in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, but like the very specifics, we don't know. There's amazing mysteries. There's this thing called a Higgs boson particle that they've discovered is like literally in everything. Like it, it is a particle that's flowing through you right now. It's going through technology. It's on Saturn. It's in Jupiter. It's in the farthest. It's, it is a particle that really sounds a whole lot like God. As a matter of fact, they call it the guard particle, and we can't see it. We barely know what it is. We have no idea. And here's the thing. You know what God says? That is not going to be on the test. <laughs> you do not have to know exactly how the digestive system works. You know what? That's my business. You don't have to know exactly how everything was created. That's my business. You don't have to know anything about this Higgs boson particle. You know what? That's not going to be on the test. That's God's business. That's really comforting, by the way. But here's the challenging part. We are accountable forever what he has revealed to us. I remember reading a quote by Mark Twain one time that said, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. That's what's so important. That's why we need to understand God's word is because I don't think when we get to heaven that we are going to be rated on whether or not we get to heaven by how much of the Bible we had memorized, right? The only way we get to heaven is justification by faith. 
Christ alone, by his grace alone, and we receive him by faith, right? But when it comes to living on this earth, living with under the blessings of God are not the blessings of God. We have got this resource called knowing God's word, which reveals his character, reveals his will for our lives. And because we have this wonderful resource, we are accountable to know what it is. And so as we finish our time together, I want to give you a great comfort, a great encouragement that I hope you grab. But I also want you to kind of be a little challenged the way I was when I read this. And here, here's the comfort. God is not going to hold you accountable for something you don't know. If you don't know, it's okay. But you are held accountable for what you do know. So if you know, you should be reading God's word every day and so that you can know him more and you don't, well, then don't be surprised if you don't live with the joy of the Lord. And if you don't have, you know, you don't, you don't have his favor on your life. Well, you know why? Because you're not doing what you know to do. But because we do know, we can take a next step. And so I just want to leave you with this question. What do you need to start being accountable for? What is it you know to do, but you're not doing it? Now, I'm not talking about necessarily a sin issue. And if so, that, that's there too. But I'm talking about what, what about when it comes to your family? What about when it comes to personal integrity? What about when it comes to spending time with the Lord? What, are you, what do you know that you should be accountable for? Can I tell you one of the things in my life? That is, I worry too much. I allow myself to forget the goodness of God, forget all the wonderful things he's done in my life, as Moses said earlier, and I allow myself to worry. And that's what this challenged me to do. Hey, Brandon, you know God's word. You know all the things that God has done in your life. And so you're held accountable for those thoughts in your head that you know have no business being there. And so I'm going to make a course correction in my life. And I want to ask you, what course correction are you going to make in your life? Can I pray for us as we get ready into our time together? Father, thank you so much that you do not hold us accountable for things we don't know. But Lord, I'm also thankful that you challenge us to say what we do know, we need to use in our life. It's like having tools on a tool belt. You gave them to us for a reason so that we could live with joy and live with goodness. I pray you will help us to take those next steps wherever they are. For me, God, I pray for my worry. For maybe a friend I'm, I'm talking to today, maybe for their anxiety, maybe for a sin issue, maybe for a forgiveness issue. But Lord, I pray, God, that you will lead us into freedom every single day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's word says in Deuteronomy 30, today I have given you the choice between life and death. Say it with me, choose life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. My choice today, or my hope today, (laughs) I'm gonna choose life. My hope today is that you would choose life. And I will see you tomorrow, Deuteronomy 30.